DJ and PK, it is time to talk youth football right now with the Youth Center. Nick Ford, he joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each Smart Controller purchased. Offer available to all commercially property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Time to bring in Nick Ford, the Youth Center. Nick, good morning. Good morning. Nick, I say good morning because we say that by rote. It doesn't feel like that good a morning for Ute, uh, for Ute fans. Does it feel like that good a morning for you players, or you need to get back to another game pretty quick to get the uh, get the taste of that, get that out of your mouth? Uh, yeah, no, we for sure need to get back. But uh, yeah, we're uh, not not the best of mornings, and uh, it's good to be optimistic about uh, what we have going right now. So after the game the other night, Devin Lloyd said that uh, on Sunday the players are going to have a players-only meeting. I don't know if you had it, but if you did, can you describe the mood of that meeting? Um, you know, we did. Uh, it was an in-house thing. I don't, I don't really want to talk about, but um, you know, we just discussed the things that we needed to do to, uh, you know, do what we're capable of. Do you think the issues right now are more X's and O's, or is it a little more about just enforcing your will on the game and basically demanding victory and everything else falls in line? Um, I think everyone can get a little better at everything. I think, um, you know, mistakes are made here and there, which is unacceptable. And, um, you know, we really got to get better everywhere. But yet when they made a quarterback change, there was a spark. How do you explain that? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, one thing, you know, noticing on film, you know, we're uh, in quite good shape. And, uh, you know, that two-minute drive, you know, you could really see us start to pull away when, you know, people started to get tired. And, you know, that was a big difference. But, um, you know, Cam's a good quarterback, so is Charlie. And, you know, I got faith in whoever is back there getting the ball. And, you know, you know whatever happens, happens. So, I mean... I'm not too sure, but uh, you know, our, you know, we just had a well-prepared two-minute, and we went out and executed that two-minute, and um, that's what we need to continue to do: is continue to go out and ex- execute and build off of that. I think everybody was surprised watching that game at how many times the quarterback went to hand the ball off, and there was a defender right there. When you go back and look at the film. Numbers and guys are unblocked, or guys are missing assignments, so guys are unblocked because clearly the guys were unblocked. That's why they're getting back there so fast. Yeah, again, you know, so it's a it's a mix of things. You know, you, I, I'm not going to point fingers at the coaches, no players. You know, we all had our part in it. Um, you know, looking at it, sometimes it would be us, sometimes it would be the coaches. You know, it is what it is, and that's that's what we need to get fixed, and that's what we address today. Um, and there's no excuse for that at all. I mean. You know, yeah, I can't sit here and complain or say, what about this or if that. Um, it's something that was addressed, and, you know, going forward, we're going to take into account. The composition of the team this year is real interesting because there's guys like yourself, a few of you, who've been around when the team has won and had big games and had success. But the majority of the team is on the younger side and haven't been through a lot of the success that the program has achieved and obviously winning the South the last couple of years, except for, you know, last year was a fluky year. But other than that, you know, you've won it twice. How much can that group, guys like yourself, who've been here 
and have experienced success at a high level take control of this situation and get the team back on the right track? Um, it's very possible, and that's why you know we called for that players' meeting. You know, it was you know a bunch of the older guys talking about it. Me, Devin, Bryant, Cam. You know, everyone who uh, is older and who's been a, around the program for a while. And, um, you know, that was a big part of that. And we're definitely taking that into account. Um, I mean, shoot, that's why I was late this morning because, you know, I'm sitting there, like, talking, doing everything extra. And, you know, I have been doing that. But, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we need to do something more. We need to uh, say something a little bit different or keep bashing the same notes because maybe this is the one time somebody's going to, you know, hear it slightly different and it clicks for them. So, I mean, you know, it's very possible. I think it just has to be something that uh, continues on and will continue on. Uh, it'll, we'll, it'll get turned around. You're not the O-line coach, but it feels to me like you're the assistant O-line coach. I mean, you've been there forever. You played every position. You're the center now, which is critical. You're the heartbeat right in the middle of everything. So you really can't talk to these guys and say, you need to do this, you need to do that, the problem is this, the problem is that, because you've been through it. So how much do you really get into that with your teammates on the O-line? I get into it quite a bit, but like I said, you know, I'm not – I'm not one of the point fingers at anybody. Um, you know, I have my own flaws. I definitely need to fix my snaps. Um, I think it's more, um, it's uh, building a type of, uh, like, just nonverbal and just, it's, uh, it's just an offensive line thing where you got to trust your partner and do this and do that where you got to, you know, know you're passing with one and know it's okay, know that guy's not going to make a play. And at the same time, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes in the offensive line play. And I feel like we're back and forth on that, and that's what's messing us up. And, um, you know, sometimes we go in and, you know, we're having a track mentality, and then other times we're having a head-up mentality. And the reality is, you know, a lot of teams move on us because a lot of people don't want to go head-up. So I think um, it's time to just go back and fall on our basis of, you know, downhill football versus trying to, uh, you know, worry about this, worry about that. Just get your matchup and go get on. For you guys who've been around, you're used to being 3-0 and at this point in the season. It's been a long time since you weren't 3-0. and I mean, I think it was the first year in the conference, and except for last year, but you didn't have any non-conference games, so that doesn't mm-hmm. count. Other than that, you've always been three and zero. And how different does it feel now as you start conference play, basically to not be three and zero? You know, we're we're pissed off for greatness. It's not something you know you can sit here and dwell on because it will um, topple everything over. And uh, looking at it the way we're looking at it, um, you know, we know our mistakes. We know what we have to fix. We know what we have to get done. And we still have an opportunity to turn everything around. You know, there's still nine games of conference play. We're still, you know, I know the record preseason is one and three, but, I mean, we're zero on zero right now as we see it. And um, basically, that, that's, that's why I said the team is very um, optimistic right now and, you know, willing willing right now because 
we see what we have in front of us. We understand what just happened, and we understand that we cannot continue to let that happen. So um, it's definitely a different feel. But, you know, if we sit here and um, take it the wrong way, um, you know, take that bad situation and just continue to harp on that bad situation, it's not going to end well. So we're we're looking to go one or no on the weekend. You know, we got our eyes set on Wazoo and to fix our mistakes. And, um, you know, top, let, let it continue to trickle down from there from this week. You know, I do think you're on to something with uh, the too much negativity. The scoreboard is what it is, and certainly everybody on the team knows that. But, you know, there is value, and you've felt this, I'm sure. There is value in walking on the field at the start of a game or on the court, whatever your sport is, walking on and thinking, I'm going to win this, and then walking off three hours later, having won that. Do the last couple of games shake that uh, that fate, that foundation in your teammates? Uh. No, we know we know we have capable athletes. We know we have more than capable athletes. We we understand we have mismatches everywhere, and um, you know we just have to gel together um, as an entire team. Um, and I think that's what's going to make the difference. I mean, you look in the last the last uh, fourth quarter, um, you know things started to really gel together, and everyone, you know, it was eleven people playing, not ten, not you know, nine or whatever it is. It was 11 people playing. And that's what it's going to take from here on out is 11 people playing, 11 people being on the same page. Um, and, you know, that's including the coaches, coaches being on the same page, understanding, you know, how the other teams playing the situation. and um, You know, just everybody all, all over, just understanding and being on the same page. And, uh, you know, that's what we have to look forward to. We can't let that mentality of, oh, we're going out to win and lose, roll, like continue to roll over, you know. Um, It's all about getting out there winning and performing. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the scoreboard is a scoreboard and we got to go out there and gel for a full 60 minutes, not, you know, about 15. Have you been watching the Pac-12 and in particular the South because – so far, and it's barely into it, man, it seems like it's a screwy division. And I know that most of the teams haven't played conference games. SC had the one against Stanford. But teams are up one week, down the next, and whatnot. The point being that it looks wide open. Yeah, and that's why we're you know very optimistic. I mean, you could look at more than just the Pac-12 play. You look at the play all over the country, like, the CFB is crazy right now. Like college football, like it's everybody's game right now. And, you know, that's how it is a lot of years in the Pac-12, but now it is that way nationwide. And that's why we're, you know, going into this optimistic versus, um, you know, negative and having a detrimental attitude because we understand, you know, that there's ups and downs everywhere. But what determines the final outcome will be the – next 10 week stretch those first three weeks you know for some some teams it was awesome it was amazing for other teams like us it was you know it was rough but what's going to determine everything is the next 10 weeks what are you going to do now that you have your conference uh your conference opponent next you know across the line from you and um that's what we're more focused on and we understand that 
You know, that's why I think that that mindset about the the expecting to win is so important because watching games, you guys had a little earlier game, so you probably didn't get to watch as much, but my gosh, the momentum swings inside of games. SC looked terrible, and they had a quarterback injury, and they were behind, and they outscored Washington State 28 nothing in the third quarter. And Oklahoma had Nebraska until they didn't, and then they were hanging on at the end. And Fresno and UCLA, that game, you could get seasick watching the lead changes in that game and in the Utah State Air Force game. So I'm just curious, because there are so many college games like that, if you guys have that feeling, because you got to be resilient inside a game, because it's not going to go right for three straight hours. Stuff's going to go wrong. Yeah. yeah. Joined right now by Nick Ford, Ute Center. Trying to bounce back after a couple of losses in the conference opener with Washington State. You got a 12-30 game. You ready for some daytime football, Nick? You ready to get out from underneath the lights and all the waiting? <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know, um, it's always awesome being able to wake up and get ready to go and get out there. And uh, versus waking up and sitting at the hotel all day, um, it'll be, you know, it'll be good. Um, like I said, the team's very optimistic. Got a good early kick. Um, can't wait to see everyone come out to the stadium and, uh, you know, get this entire show turned around. You know, um, the team is going to be electric. I know the atmosphere is going to be electric. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for uh, this Saturday. So, Nick, what would be a trip home without feeling an earthquake? It's just like old regular times, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I, we were all sitting there eating dinner and then everything started shaking and I was like, what's going on? I was like, it's an earthquake. They're like, what? I was like, yeah, y'all feel it? Like, what the hell? And then a bunch of the boys were like, yeah, because I, I, this was the first time in California. They're like, yeah, I can't do LA. Like, this, this is crazy. Like, I can't be doing this. I'm like, man, it's fine. I'm like, no, the buildings out here are built for this. Like, I'm not worried about the building out here. Yeah, I can recall the first time I moved. I moved uh, from Arizona to Pedro, and I had an apartment at uh, on Western Avenue and, and First Street there up up top. Okay. And uh, so it was six thirty in the morning on a Sunday, and I'm with my wife, and we're we're in our first year of marriage, and the bed starts shaking. It's like six, as I say, six thirty, and she says, mm-hmm. "Stop shaking the bed. It's too early. What are you doing?" I said, "I'm not shaking the bed. Then why is it bouncing?" I said, "We're having an earthquake." I said, "Look at it. We had a plant that was." hanging from the ceiling I said look at that and it's swaying back and forth <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, the memories always a good one my uh my first one as a kid was yeah, we had a big earthquake it was probably like a five or a six and um so me and my siblings start freaking out there's an earthquake my mom's yelling there's an earthquake and we're running to go out front and my dad's just sitting there on the couch swaying, eating food, watching Monday Night Football. He's like, <laughs> you guys relax. <laughs> that just always stuck with me. The, like, you know, it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. When we had the earthquake out here, though, I kind of got nervous because I live on the sixth floor of an apartment complex. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if these buildings are up to code. Oh, yeah, 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 true, good point. So I left. But uh, when I'm back home, it kind of doesn't bother me as much. You know, if it's a four-something, it really isn't that big a deal. You're right. Stuff is built for it. Six or seven, that'll get people's attention. But a four, yeah, that's just sure. another day in the life. Yeah. No, that's a, definitely a spin on your day. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, we appreciate you checking in. Good luck this week. And we will talk to you again next week after the Washington State game. 
Yes, sir. After, after we get this win, man. Nick Ford, Youth Center, joining us right here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. PK, you're from Jersey. You oversell it. You do it for comedy's sake and because it makes people uncomfortable. But I think this week it's really important. Confidence, mindset, toughness, powering through things when they go wrong. You know, when you're winning and you expect to win, I think that comes a little more easily and a little more naturally. Not that it's automatic. You still got to make stuff happen. But when stuff starts going wrong and teams start thinking, here we go again, what's going to go wrong? That's the mindset of a losing team. And we joke about soft Southern California mentality and Jersey toughness and all that, but you see it in sports so often. SC had a winning mentality. Washington State did not. Washington State's ahead, but something starts going wrong, and Washington State crumbles. And SC pushed through it. They had a chance. They're down a couple scores. Their quarterback, their star quarterback gets hurt. Man, they just pushed through it. In the middle of the third quarter, if you turn the game on, you wouldn't have known the roller coaster that was ridden early in that game. No, that's all true. But I can argue that Utah has had more talent than the two teams that they lost yep. to. Now, you can also argue that they don't. But internally, they've got to believe that they're capable. It'll be interesting to see on this players only because Devin Lloyd comes out Saturday night. Yep. And it wasn't very long between the end of the game and 15 minutes, maybe 20 tops. So in that time, they had already decided that when we get back home and get back to school on Sunday, we're going to get everybody together, players only, and go from there. It just, it's an interesting dynamic, the composition of their roster, because two years ago, uh, when they went 8-1, and one, they had about 25 leaders. There's so many guys that could point to it. Here they don't because it's a divide between some guys who are left over and then because all those guys went to the NFL, replaced by a bunch of new guys. Mm -hmm. And then I think we're finding that last year really didn't necessarily provide the experience that maybe we thought it would, and their progression has been stalled a little bit. And then they lose a talent of the a player of the talent, the caliber of a Ty Jordan is a significant blow in what you intend intended for him to be back. And it's just it's a significant blow in multiple ways, obviously on the field, but then the emotional side, because when you're younger, you don't really think about death that much. And especially you don't think about death among your peers. And when it happens, it's just a big time shock, you know, and may, is there something there? But at the same time here now, they need a conference game more more than ever. They need to get going. They need to be 1-0 because if you're 1-0, you know, they're not going to make the playoff, but they probably weren't going to make the playoff anyway. You can separate that, and so you can have two distinct separate seasons, basically. You can only play it up so much, though, if you don't get it done because every, every team that has lost a game or two in non-conference, well... Everything starts zero zero, right? That's so, going to be the message. So that's but across the country. That only lasts for one week, and then you're either one and zero or zero and one. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever felt more urgency on this team, and I probably have, but I'm forgetting it. Uh, but right now, the urgency. Oh, I can give is, you two examples. Great. I can give you two I know examples because you you're a nerd. You right. can do that. I can't. It's a gift. 
I live. I live now. I live as you, you know. But, I don't. I don't dwell on the mistakes of the past. But <laughs> <laughs> total BS. Total and complete BS. He just got it. <laughs> really? Sorry, it took me a minute. So you. This is one of the all time. This is one of your favorite quotes because it goes to your Jersey mental toughness leadership thing. Bergstrom, we're not letting this season slip away. They had a four game losing streak. That's true. And, and Bergstrom, so Bergstrom one, I think, was a significant leader on that team first that first year, year. in the Pac 12 and yeah. a four game losing streak when they'd lost like seven games in three and a half seasons mm-hmm. in the Mountain West. None of these guys had ever had a month of losing. And he's like, enough with the mindset, enough with letting the season slip away. It turns around here. They beat four teams. And if you go back and look, four teams that didn't have very good seasons. And then they messed up the Colorado game in the finale and won the bowl game. But they got to eight and five. And that was a whole lot better For your first than the four and eight or five and seven that it looked like they were on their way to. And another example, and you'll remember this when I bring it up, is Kyle's third year. They're one and three. They smoke yeah. UCLA at home. You think they're on their way. And they go to UNLV and they get shut out. They're like, well, who are these guys? Figure it out. Well, they did. They went eight and one the rest of the season. And it set the stage for the Sugar Bowl the next year. It's just that those teams, I don't think, had heaped the responsibility and expectation that this team has. I see where you're going so with that. It Absolutely. was easier. There was less pressure because, particularly as they transitioned into the conference, yep. I don't think people expected much. Maybe they did, but if you had they any did. history, <laughs> you did. thought it was going to be. You know I, I felt did. it was going to be a struggle. So they weren't picked to go to the Rose Bowl. Some people, some media around here picked him to go to the Rose Bowl this year. Nobody picked him to go to the Rose Bowl in 2011. So it was easier because there was less expectation. There's a whole heck of a lot of expectation. And then Stanford loses. I mean, Stanford's beats SC. Yeah. And like, why is this wide open? open. Yeah. Man, you're going to roll. You're the you're the clear established prohibitive favorite. And then they go 0 2 since that game. So that those teams exceeded expectation, which is great. But there's nothing worse than underachieving. Underachieving is the most torturous, painful thing to endure if you underachieve. If you overachieve, it's great. If you achieve what you're supposed to, it's good too. But underachieving is a big-time burden that is far greater than exceeding expectations. And right now, this team is viewed as underachieving. So the burden is much stronger than those examples that you bring up. Not as much. The other flaw with my examples, to argue with myself, and I know you love it when I do that. Well, that's why you can't lose. That was a long time ago, and there are a yep. few people around. Kyle, obviously. Andy was actually Andy Luggett was actually there the first time. He wasn't there the the second example. Norm Chow was there. Andy had gone off to other jobs. Morgan Scally was in the program. So there's a, a very small handful of people have that experience. Yeah. For the Nick Fords of the world, what they know is nine plus wins a season. Right. On average. That's what they know. And they could still get to a nine win season this year, but they gotta get going and get a lot better. And none of there's any really even no point about arguing about, you know, Eight and one, or Jeez, if they four win, and five, they or win nine games. They one win and the eight. South. It's the it's 
Yeah, probably. But right now, none of that matters. All of that is just blah, 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 blah. I agree. Right now, I agree. beat Washington State, yeah. and then you have a bye week to get ready for SC. I don't even know the schedule after that. I don't care. Beat Wazoo. Agreed. you got to beat Wazoo. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Yep. All right, DJ PK. The Utes are struggling. The Cougars are rolling. And then there's the Aggies. Not just that they're 3-0 and with a new coach, a new staff, a gazillion new transfers. But these guys, when they get down in the middle of the game, they definitely still believe. And we will talk with Blake Anderson about that next. Stay with us.